You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Put your ribbon there. Or, for some of you, stop texting your friend right now and open your Bible app. So, whichever... Uh, whoever, whatever group you're in, just do, do that. Find Second Timothy chapter 3. I read about a minister of music one time that left a church, and he left the church to pursue show business. And here's what he said, and, and, and I'm reading this quote. He said, if I can become famous, then I can use my status as a star to promote the gospel. That, that really started my wheels turning about what we're thinking about when we think about the Word of God. We've allowed the Word to lose its power in our lives. Our understanding of the Word of God is way, way, way off. Uh, we're talking about the power of the Word. And Christians go to church on a regular basis but they have allowed the Word to lose its power in their daily life. My point here is one's celebrity status that's preaching the Word or one's non-celebrity status that's preaching the Word is not what makes the Word powerful. It's not what stands you up at attention. It's not who it's coming from or the fame of that person. Romans chapter 1 verse 6 says the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel doesn't need somebody's worldly fame to give it power. The messenger, the preacher, the social status of the person, the notoriety of the preacher or the messenger is not what makes the word of God more or less powerful. Now, now here's the problem that I'm addressing. The, the church today, and I'm talking about universal here, the church today is weak because we have an improper view of Scripture. I'm a, yes, we read the Bible somewhat and occasionally, and we know we probably ought to read it more than we do, but the Bible has no control over our thoughts, over our words, over our actions, over our decisions, we, we read a little bit of Bible, and yeah, we go to church, but worry is complete control of our life. We read the Bible a little bit, because we know we should, but fear is in control of our life. Our anger is in control of our life. Our hate is in control of our life. Our unforgiveness is in control of our life. Our lust is in control. Whatever it is, the, the Bible is to be in control of our thinking. In part one of this two-part series that we entitled The Power of the Word... We looked at Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 through 14, and, and, and we talked about six statements that's made there. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. Those six clear statements about the nature of God's Word. And, and I can't go back, I'm not going to go back and reteach part one. I want to go on, but I'm just saying, if you did miss part one of this, make sure you go back and hear the podcast. Get yourself up to speed, because this is some important important stuff to us. For, uh, 2 Timothy 
chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture, that's the Bible, all Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what's right. Now here we see four ways that God shows that his word is to affect us on a daily basis. Now, what does the Bible do for me? Yeah, I know it's a spiritual book, and yeah, I mean, it's God's Word, and yeah, the whole the Holy Bible. Now, what is it supposed to do for you every day of your life? Each and every hour, what is the Word of God supposed to do for you? Let's look at these four things. Number one, it teaches truth. It's useful to teach. It is useful to teach. Now, that word there, teach, does not, it's not the process of teaching it's talking about the content. It is useful to teach us. The content of it teaches us. Psalms 119 verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The more we read and the more we understand, the more we obey scripture, the less susceptible we are to sin. Hosea 4 6. My people are destroyed for lack of a knowledge. The best way to avoid serious problems in your life is to give yourself to the study of Scripture. Y'all know Joshua chapter 1, 7 and 8. When you meditate the Scripture, it says, Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will make your way successful. The Word teaches us truth. I've heard without the Bible telling us not to do something, then it would be okay for us to do it. The only reason you feel guilty about doing it is because you've been told it was wrong. Let's just get rid of the Bible, and then we won't have to feel bad about what we're doing. You're not understanding, you're not understanding Scripture. The Word shows you why you have no joy. The Word shows you why you have no peace. The Word shows you why you are in the situation you're in. Doing away with the Bible would be just like doing away with your x-ray. I just hate x-rays. Darn thing, it showed me I had a broken leg. I hate those things. That, that, that is the understanding that we've got to get with the Bible. The x-ray showed you why you were in pain. So just quit looking at x-rays, throw them out the window, to heck with them, forget them, get them all out of your life. Then you just live in pain the rest of your life, and you don't know why. Doing away with the Bible is not going to do you any good. It's just like doing away with an x-ray. When you read Scripture, it'll show you why you have this severe pain in your leg. It reveals to you, it makes you realize, it will teach you, it will show you what the problem is in your life. The Word teaches truth. If you're cooking a cake and you continue to use the wrong ingredients... You'll never have the cake that you ultimately want to eat. In life, pretty much everybody wants the same thing. We want joy. We want peace. We want a little happiness. All we want is just a little peace of mind. All we want is a little happiness. All we just enjoy life. Well, that's what the Bible teaches you how to do. That's what the Word will instruct you in the path you need to go to make that happen. It's not a religious book for Sunday morning. The truth it teaches is the power 
for you and I to live our life, there's power in the Word. And as you meditate on it, then you do what it says, and it will produce in your life what you're looking for. Move on in verse 16. Scripture reproves sin or error. Translations say it makes us realize what is wrong in our life. We get into sinful behavior, oftentimes because we've been led to believe it's okay, or everybody's doing it. Uh, We've been led to think that we're supposed to be tolerant and accepting of anything anybody wants to do. Scripture makes you realize where you're wrong in life. Today's world is not going to make you realize that. Scripture makes you realize what's wrong in your life that is causing you the hurt and the pain and the difficulty that you're in. It exposes us for what's really going on in our life, just like the x-ray does. Now, you're walking on a broken leg, and you think you're okay. Well, everybody's doing this. Well, it's just the way life is. You're walking on a broken leg. You're in all kind of pain. And if you would look at the x-ray, it'll show you why you're in that kind of pain. It'll show you why you're where you are. And then it will, tell, it will show you what needs to take place in your life to get this thing fixed. Our society today, telling people that their behavior is okay and that this is accepted, and that this is normal, and that you're okay for living this way, is an injustice to people's lives. When the Word clearly shows this behavior is sin, when the world tells you it's okay to do that, it's an injustice. People are now living in sin, thinking that it's okay And then to quote Romans chapter 1, they're bearing in their bodies the due penalty of the sin that they're in. Being told that what they're doing is okay. Listen, it's not a negative thing for the Scripture to say this behavior is sin. This behavior is sin. That's not a negative thing for the Scripture to say this activity is sin and it's wrong. That's a positive thing, because now by avoiding that, I can avoid the consequences of that in my life. I can avoid the penalty of that. I can avoid the punishment of that. I can avoid the consequences of sin in my life. People today are tormented by fear. They're confused. They are consumed by worry. They're lonely. They're miserable. They're full of anger and don't know why. Or don't know what to do about this situation they're in. Just so unhappy, so miserable, life is a mess. This past year, uh, my shoulder was in terrible pain, unbelievable pain. And my arm would move front and back, but I could not raise it straight up. It wouldn't work. Now, I could live with that. I could wallow in it, and I could call my best friend and talk about it and cry about it with my best friend. I can give my best friend and cry hours and hours and hours about the pain and the suffering and the misery I'm in. Instead, I got an MRI. And that made me realize, see, that MRI showed me what's got to happen for me to get relief from the situation that I was living in. Is this making sense? 
I'm trying to use some ex- analogies you can get to. That's what the Word does in our life. I got an MRI on my shoulder. My doctor comes in, and just like we most of the time do, we take over and start doing all of the talking. And so he's standing there, and I start telling him, well, I'm doing some oils on my shoulder, and then I'm doing ice, and then I'm doing heat, and then 20 minutes ice, and then 20 minutes heat, and then I'm doing some ibuprofen, and then I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. He's looking at me. So finally, I'll stop. He goes, you can absolutely keep on doing that if you want to. But if you want out of pain and you want your shoulder to work, I'm going to have to go in there and reattach that tendon to that shoulder. Now, to keep on doing what you're doing, and just keep on doing all that, and you got your oils, and you got your heat, and you got your ice, and you keep right on doing that if you want to. And that's where we are. Well, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing that. Get your belly full of it. But if you want peace in your life, if you want joy in your life, then here's what's going to have to happen in your life. Yeah, but Tim, see the world today, and I believe this is, and everybody's accepting this, and you know, this is just the culture. Go right on. Just get you a big belly full of it. But if you want to be free of worry, see my doctor, he's, just go right on. All that's wonderful. Just get you a whole barrel full of oils and put on it. But if you want that arm to go up and down, if that's what you're wanting to have happen, then here's what's going to have to happen for that to take place in your life. Now, I I don't want to read the Bible because it says my adultery is wrong and I'm having fun. See, I don't want to read the Bible because my thoughts are wrong and I can't keep thinking that. See, I don't want to read the Bible because what I'm... See, here's what I want to do. Go right on. But if you want healing, if you want peace, if you want joy, if you want wisdom, if you want direction, doing life without the Bible is like doing life without getting that MRI on my shoulder. That's just where you are. Now, churches cannot become safe havens for willful sinners to be okay allowing them to continue in sin. The accurate preaching of the Word causes a realization of what's wrong in your life. And it leads you to repentance in the areas that you are wrong in. And for people to stay in a church, you've got to repent on a regular basis, and you've got to be changing those things that are wrong in your life. I have come to the place in my life, I want Scripture to expose areas of my life where I'm wrong. And I am to the age in life when I go in to get an x-ray or I go in to get an MRI, I want that to show what's wrong. I don't want the doctor to say, I don't know what's wrong. I want you to show me what's wrong in my life. I want you to point out where the problem is here so that then we can get to working on this and fix this. Now, if a person desires not to obey Scripture, they don't want to live pleasing to the Lord, then they're not going to be able to stay in this church 
Because we got to preach the Word, and the Word teaches and reproves and corrects you. We're not going to have a church that's going to water Scripture down and change Scripture so that its members can feel good about the life that they're living. Now, why we're not going to do that is because it's an injustice to people. It's, that, that's an injustice to people. Church, we get ourselves in sin. We make mistakes, and we come into church, and we hear the Word, and it makes us realize, I shouldn't have acted like that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have entertained myself like that. I shouldn't have... See, I just hate that doctor. I tell you, I hate him. Every time I go, he finds something wrong with me. Going to another doctor. I'm just going to change doctors. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep going to a doctor that'll just pat me on the back and say, Oh, you're doing so good. You're doing so good. Do I want a doctor that will not tell me what my MRI says? Because he's afraid that he will offend me and I'll quit coming to his clinic? Come on, think this through with me. Do I want to go to a doctor who pats me on the back, hugs me, makes me feel good, and he is not truthful with me about what my MRI says? Because he's afraid that I'll get offended, that I'll quit his clinic, and that I'll go to another doctor's clinic. Now, I'm not being a mean-spirited pastor. I'm not trying to browbeat people. I'm not trying to make you feel horrible about your life when I read the Word. It's because I love people. I want to see people successful. I want to see people happy. I want to see people enjoying this wonderful life that there is out here to live. And you can't, nor will you ever, living in sin. And I have to tell you that. See, Scripture reproves sin. And this church has to preach Scripture. That's why we got many folks that will come and visit here for a while. But they got, to, they got to go somewhere else because they don't want to change. They don't want to change in their life. And, and we can't have a church that makes people feel good every Sunday. You got to leave here feeling like a dog. Every single time you come in here, oh, I got a lot to work on. Man, he whipped the fire out of me. My goodness, you... The doctor is not trying to be mean. He's not trying to run me off. He's not trying to offend me. I tell you, every time I go to him, every time I go, my cholesterol. Okay, so I work on my cholesterol. Boy, and I work on it, I work on it, I get that right. I go back to see him again, and then he tells me it's my sugar level. Dear Lord. So I get down on my sugar levels. I work on that. I work on that. I get my sugar levels right. And the next time I go in there, he goes, well, your blood pressure's up. Every time I go here, he tells me something wrong with me. I'll just get me a doctor that brags on me. (laughs) Think about it, folks. When you come to church, you ought to leave going. That's why I went to the doctor, for him to tell me what areas I need to work on in my life so that I can live a happy life, an abundant life, a long life, a blessed life. And he can't sit there and pat the, uh, patting folks on the back and saying how much we love you is an injustice to people when your blood pressure is going to give you a heart attack. I got to tell you, 
Don't do that. Look here. You, you keep going to a church that makes you feel good every time you go, you're going to wake up dead. You're going to have to go where somebody will tell you, you need to stop eating that. I know it tastes good. I know you enjoy it. Best thing in the world. But you better stop eating that. You, you can't do that to your liver. You can't do that to your kid. I know, well, I enjoy it. I get all that. But here's what I'm telling you. You got to get this area of your life under control. Third thing, verse 16. Scripture corrects our behavior. It not only exposes sinful behavior, but it also shows right behavior. That word correct or correction, I, I thought this was interesting. The Greek word means straighten up. I don't know, maybe, maybe it was just my grandmother. Maybe you didn't have one like this. You better straighten up. I'm telling you right now, you better straighten up. Now, I was raised with you better straighten up because I must have always been crooked. You better straighten up and you better straighten up right now. See, that's the word in the Greek that the Scripture uses there. See, it, the, the Bible does not leave you spiritually stranded. And, and contrary to many's belief, the Bible is not a list of don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. The Bible says don't do this, but it also says here's what you need to do. Colossians chapter 3, just let me read this to you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie. Don't do this. Don't, 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 don't. But then it goes on to say, put on tenderheartedness, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness. Make allowance for other people's faults. See, the Bible tells us what not to do, but then it also tells us what to do. Don't think these thoughts, but here's the thoughts that you want to think. Whatever's good, whatever's lovely, whatever's good. Don't think this, but think that. The Bible corrects behavior. And, and I, I believe that the church makes a grave error when it just tells everybody what don't do. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Well, you, that's just half of the deal. I got the don'ts, now what do I do? Always know in your life there's a way that seems right. You've got to always know this. There's a way that will seem right to you, but the end of that way is death. That's why I depend on the Scripture in my life. Because I realize that there is a way to me that's going to seem like the thing to do. Well, it seemed like the thing to do. Everybody else was doing it. Well, it felt good. Well, everybody, it seemed right at the time. I get that. That's why we've got to have the Word to correct behavior. I need the guidance of Scripture in my daily life. I need the guidance of Scripture in my daily thinking. And I'm just telling you, I would never go to a doctor who every single time I went told me how good I was doing. Nor would I go to a church that did not step on my toes every time I went. That's why we read the Word. To correct us where we're wrong. Number four, Scripture trains in righteousness. It teaches us to do what is right. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What he's saying to us is, your natural, your earthly food is not enough for happiness and health and joy and success and peace. See, just natural food is not enough to produce peace and joy and happiness and it, natural food is not enough that you're going to, yes, we got to have natural food to keep the body going, but you've got to live on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We've got to eat our natural food to keep us physically going, but we also have to eat spiritual food to keep us spiritually right. See, peace, joy, happiness, contentment, those are spiritual things that's going on in the inside of us. And natural food will keep your natural body going, but you've got to have spiritual food to produce the things that you want produced inside you. The church today has drifted from sound teaching in Scripture. 2 Timothy 4, 3 warns us, says people's not going to endure sound teaching. Their itchy ears are going to accumulate teachings for their own likings. They'll turn away from truths. Here's a problem that I... That I that I run into. So many times the church sees church goers as consumers who have to be sold something that they like. And preachers are, preach what people want to hear rather than preach God's Word. So we're preaching what we want to hear instead of preaching God's Word that we need to hear. I, I don't want to hear my doctor say I'm great when my blood pressure is sky high. I don't want my church to say I'm good when clearly the sin that I'm in is killing my life. Some years back, I read a true story about the late William Randolph Hearst. Many of y'all remember reading about him, the newspaper billionaire. Hearst invested a fortune in collecting great works of art. And one day, it's a true story, one day he read about some valuable pieces of art, and he decided that he had to have them, and he wanted them added to his collection. So he sent his agent overseas to locate these pieces of art and to buy them. After much time, much research, the agent reported to Hearst that the items had been found and that he had traced their whereabouts. And they were stored in Hearst's own warehouse because he had purchased them many years ago. When I read that, I thought, dear Lord, if that's not such an analogy of the Christian life, we're in search for spiritual resources that we already possess. We're just not walking in them. We're just, we got them in a warehouse, and we don't even know we have them. I tell you, you've been blessed. When you gave your life to Jesus, you have access to the power of the Word. 
And if you're not living in joy and you're not living in peace and you're not living in happiness, it's not because you don't have them. They're just stored in a warehouse somewhere. What is it today that you need to be saved from? You need to be saved from fear? Meditate the Word. It delivers from all fear. You need to be saved from worry? Meditate the Word. It delivers from worry. You need to be saved from pressure, from stress, from confusion. Anger has consumed you. Bitterness has consumed you. You know, for the members of our church, I don't want the Bible to be an irrelevant, insignificant, spiritual old book. I want us to daily experience, daily experience, the power of the Word in your life. Y'all stand. Father God, we're just so grateful that you did not save us, forgive us, wash us clean, and then just kick us out here in this world to fend for ourselves. Lord, thank you for giving us your word that corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us what to do that's right. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Lord, we leave here walking and empowered by the power of the word in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.